Hello and welcome everyone to episode 43 of the App TV's podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between January 2nd and January 8th, 2022. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about an important new development for efficient EVs. Hello, I hope that you all had a great week. Um, In this week's episode, so it's been a bit of a, it was a bit of a slow week on specific Aptera news-wise, apart from the release of a cool promotional video that I'm going to include in the show notes that involve an Aptera ambassador. However, that doesn't mean that there was no big news for, in the last week for Aptera enthusiasts that you all would be interested in, specifically, Last week was the was CES, um, which it used to stand for the Consumer Electronics Show, I think, but now it's just CES. They're, they're doing the whole KFC joint, um, which was held in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I shared the news that Aptera was hoping to attend the show and to show in person their new vehicle to the, the attendees. It would appear that that did not happen due to concerns over COVID, which is not surprising. There are a lot of people, a lot of organizations that pulled out. Nevertheless, um, the CES, which started out as, I think, just smaller consumer electronics, it now has a massive electric vehicles component. And so a lot of different uh, traditional automakers, they will debut new vehicles the uh, Sony actually debuted a new electric vehicle platform that they're planning. And in coordination with that event, Mercedes revealed that they have a new electric vehicle concept, which they're calling the EQXX, which is an aerodynamic electric vehicle with a 0.17 coefficient of drag with solar panels integrated in the roof. And they're anticipating will have a range of 620 miles or 1000 kilometers. With that solar, they're anticipating that you'll be able to add up to 15 miles per day of range. There's no word yet on the price, but it's estimated that it's going to cost around $150,000 with a release date sometime in 2024 or 2025. I think they they talked about maybe late 2023 for the first round of orders. And as an Aptera enthusiast, there's a lot to unpack here. The biggest reason why I'm discussing the EQS, a Mercedes vehicle on an Aptera podcast, is because I think this is one of the earliest signals of traditional automakers understanding the value of efficiency and really integrating that in their vehicle design. Specifically, Mercedes designed the EQXX to be a lighter weight four-door sedan that is more aerodynamic so that they could achieve incredible range with what is reported to be a 100 kilowatt hour battery and their engineers likely they crunched the numbers on the efficiency and realized they came to the same conclusions that Aptera engineers did about the integration of solar realizing that well if if you're getting a certain amount of watt hours per per mile that adding uh, solar to the EQXX would provide a meaningful amount of range per day. Um, and when you when you see the pictures of the concept vehicle, it looks incredibly similar to the Lightyear One, which is a an EV, a solar EV that I've discussed previously on this podcast. 
And that's likely because when you focus on aerodynamic efficiency, you're, you're, you're basically making decisions based on math and it's going to produce a similar shape. Um, this focus on efficiency for the EQXX, it also, I mean, it, it goes beyond just the aerodynamic shape. It goes into overall energy consumption um, and, the, and the cooling system for the battery, which will reportedly be air-cooled in order to save energy. That's similar to the, the Aptera. Um, the bottom line is when you look at the EQXX concept and you read about the specs, it's hard not to see the entire project as a complete endorsement of Aptera's vision for mobility and for electric vehicles and what they're trying to do with their entire line of vehicles. And it's not like Aptera was operating off of any secret information here on what you could do with lightweight aerodynamic design. In fact, you can listen to Amory Lovins from the Rocky Mountain Institute talking about the hypercar of the future, and he essentially describes an Aptera, and this was way back in 2006. But traditional automakers, they've been ignoring this insight for decades. If you know, as as far as we know, they've been ignoring this for decades. It, they didn't care that a more efficient design could increase performance and save them money on manufacturing costs. And traditional automakers, they must have figured that you know, if, if it ain't broke, you know, if if consumers are still buying their vehicles, if, if they want bigger and larger SUVs, then why fix it? Why change? Why focus on efficient design? But the EQXX, it takes the the around 0.20, I think it's 0.208 coefficient of drag of their current EV, the EQS, which is a, a an absolutely spectacular, phenomenal electric vehicle. And it really just dials it up further by focusing on efficiency. It's a slightly smaller overall vehicle footprint than the EQS, which is how they get to the more lightweight design. Um, and the fact that the EQS already, you know, basically does all the things that they're talking about doing in EQXX, it makes me confident that they're actually going to get to production. This isn't just a concept of that they rolled out a mule and shows and you know they're saying oh look at this this bizarre vehicle no you, you look at the this new ev and it, it's it's overall there, there's so many i mean the interior is very similar of the eqs but this is likely going to happen this is real and this is a real endorsement of what is possible with the efficiency and when when it was just aptera and lightyear trying to reduce their drag on their vehicles reduce weight as much as possible and you can add sono motors in there as well which i think as a i don't know if they focus so much on lightweight but they have a solar integration that provides a meaningful amount of range um you know when it was just these startups i think it was easier to ignore what they were trying to do but once mercedes is hosting events attending major conferences and putting out pr about how their ultra efficient vehicle is going to outperform everything on the market in terms of range. They're basically going to be doing the heavy lifting on consumer education for customer or for for companies like Aptera. You know, Aptera's most most viral video uh, on on YouTube and communications. You know, they they showed some data that the the mind share and the mentions on social media for Aptera has grown a great deal in in the last year or so, but you know, Mercedes is the front runner of 
of a Formula One team. You know, Mercedes is a company with over a you know over a century of existence. I, I think I'm assuming so. I don't actually know when Mercedes was was founded. And so when Mercedes says you know ultra efficient design results in 1,000 kilometers, you know, 620 miles of of range and unparalleled performance, look at what we can do. People are going to take notice. And the next big takeaway that I had from the reveal was some real perspective on what automakers believe an ultra-efficient, high-performing vehicle like the EQXX should cost. They didn't, again, they did not announce a price during the reveal as, as much as I could tell, but the EQS, their current EV, starts at around $100,000. That's the, the, the suggested retail price, and it goes up to around $120,000, and estimates, I said before, for the their, this new EQXX are around $150,000, and that means that both the Lightyear One, which is at, a, you know, which is at a crazy $180,000, and Mercedes believe that that these type of vehicles are for an ultra-premium, hyper-luxury market. Um, you know, and so with Mercedes, if they're a luxury car company, that's not a surprise that they believe that the vehicles they're making are are ultra-luxury vehicles. So that's that's no biggie. Lightyear One is a startup, and, and this is where they're, you know, this first segment they're doing, Tesla and Lucid have done that before, but it really highlights how extraordinary the pricing and performance strategy of Aptera is. Um, you know, Aptera is offering, granted, you know, we're talking about it, it's not necessarily apples to apples because Aptera is a two-seater with, they've got significant rear space for storage and the EQXX and the Lightyear One, those are full four-door sedans. I think a big part of pricing for Aptera is, is uh, or excuse me, for pricing, I think the the the, the pricing for, for Mercedes, what I'm seeing is this, is, is that, you know, that company thinks that when they see their, the kind of zero to 60 times and, and they're looking at their range, they think that those type of vehicles should cost a lot. You contrast that with, with Aptera, an all-wheel drive, 25 kilowatt hour Aptera, that's the version that with the 250 miles of range, will out-accelerate a, a Porsche 911, but it will cost you the amount of a Honda Civic. You know, if, if there's a halo effect from Mercedes marketing the EQXX at all, I think the biggest impact is going to be on the perceived value of Aptera that starts around, that starts at $25,900 and goes up to, I think you can get it up to around $48,000 if you've got every option that's the all-wheel drive, the enhanced audio and, and and their their safety pilot. And you know, from a from a psychological perspective, you know, people don't buy luxury goods based on practicality. And if they did, they they wouldn't buy luxury goods. They would just buy what is the most practical. And so, you know, I to some extent, you know, what what works for Mercedes isn't gonna work for everyone else. But when you could buy three Apteras that will go 1,000 miles on a charge in zero to 60 in three and a half seconds for the price of one EQXX, I think people are going to understand the value proposition in a way that they're not quite in the moment. And that there's still this, this kind of perception that you, you can see online in comments where people inherently, they always assume that Aptera is smaller than it is. They don't realize the kind of room 
for the passengers that it provides, as well as the room in the back for storage. They think it's basically a, a smart car or, or micro car, so they don't realize that it's they don't realize how capable the vehicle is for transporting two passengers and luggage on whatever trips that you want to do. Um, you know, they're you know right now again there hasn't been testing, and so when Aptera says that they're the all-wheel drive will do zero to sixty in three and a half seconds. Uh, you know, there's the road track for the two-wheel drive version that we've seen before, but I don't think it's really sunk in that this car is going to be as fast as a Porsche 911. So again, people, it's not quite clicking. And when they say that they think that they're going to get 1,000 miles of range with their top-of-the-line version, that's an impossible number. It's monopoly money, and again, people are ignoring it. But I think once once Mercedes rolls around this vehicle, which... At, which I found really interesting. They're saying a thousand kilometers, six hundred and twenty miles of range, but their PR said uh, what they said was they specified this is real world range. You know, um, they're distinguishing that from the EPA estimates or WLTP cycle in Europe. They're saying that you know, the, which basically they're saying they think the government tested estimate range is going to be higher than that. But what they're actually making it to is what they believe they will be able the, the car will be able to achieve is 1,000 miles in everyday con- conditions in, in all weather. When people see the 620 mile vehicle, and and Mercedes is going, yeah, we're doing this because it, it weighs less and it's more aer- aerodynamic and also solar is integrated. Aptera is going to go like, and by the way, starting at $25,900 before any incentives you can buy a car that does the exact same things and actually it also it won't rust because it's made out of composite vehicles and hopefully after they do their safety safety testing um, they'll be able to say something along the lines of the you know the highest roof crush um, roof uh, crush strength uh, testing of any vehicle so it'll be an ultra safe lightweight aerodynamic vehicle that will charge itself You, you might never have to charge it you know that's that is it, there's going to be a moment, I think, coming soon where, where with, with a company like Mercedes, you're doing a lot of very similar marketing for its vehicle. People are going to are going to start looking at, well, what could I get for, you know, if I'm not, you know, you know, made out of money, if I'm not um, Scrooge McDuck, what can I buy? And the answer is is Aptera. And ultimately, this is why I was so excited to see the EQXX. I think it's a bellwether for what is about to occur in the auto industry. We've already started started to see the the coefficient of drag numbers creep down. Uh, we had the Lucid Air. I mean, uh, Tesla overall, which is you know the granddaddy when you're talking about this. Their vehicles have always had you know done pretty well on efficiency, but then you had the Lucid Air came in at 0.21, and then both the Model S Plaid and the EQS. Those are both around 0.220, and, and Tesla, in fact, they've very proudly state this is the most aerodynamic, most efficient sedan. And so this is it is it became you could see the shift where the, where aerodynamic efficiency was becoming a key selling point, a marketing point. Um, and that's not true for all EVs that we're seeing. In particular, I guess the the notable exception is in the the pickup truck and the SUV market where. You know the Rivian, Ford Lightning, the the comical Hummer EV that weighs as much as a tank, and the Chevy truck. You know they've essentially thrown in the towel 
um, on on efficiency. Um, having said that, I'm pretty sure the the numbers for the the Tesla Cybertruck is actually leading in efficiency of upcoming pickup trucks, and and so I think we'll we'll see more where they've got this this giant you know very massive looking um, you know, steel body. Um, or stainless steel chassis on the Cybertruck. And so it looks like really tough, but because it's going to be more aerodynamic than, than the Rivian, I imagine the, the watt hour per mile um, compared to these other vehicles is, is going to be improved. And that's going to have a real world performance improvement. And so Tesla is still going to be able to say like, yeah, it doesn't matter what their numbers are saying. You're going to spend less time charging a Tesla Cybertruck and you're going to be able to go further on that same amount of charge, and the battery is going to degrade less. Um, and and for these these vehicles that that don't care about efficiency, it, that's going to present some some really significant. It's already presenting challenges in sourcing the materials for these gigantic batteries. And I think the I I think the the Rivian. I don't know if it's I I'm pretty sure their their current truck. It's above 100 kilowatt hours. It might be up to 200 kilowatt hours for this massive, massive battery. And there's a limit on the number of of trucks that you can make a year when you need to make these huge batteries because your 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 vehicle is so inefficient. And and so I think everyone's going to look at the 520 miles of range on the Lucid. The 420 miles of range for the EQS, the 420 miles of range on the on the Model S long range, 450 miles for the Lightyear One, and 1,000 miles for the Aptera, and other automakers, and they're they're going to figure out where they can start cutting costs and saving money in manufacturing, which they may decide to pass that along to con- to consumers. They may keep the prices around the same, uh, the same for for consumers. But you know the the cost of the battery remains the biggest cost to to manufacturers. In fact, and I saw it in an article about the the Mercedes EQXX, um, that there is a, someone at there's an exec at Mercedes that was saying, I think they were planning to start at 100 and 100 kilowatt hours. That's what they're planning for, and so they were they're very proud of that 620 miles of range, but because they were saying the vehicle was so efficient and that's not and they're and they're saying like yeah you know like until the charging infrastructure is out there that range is important but they don't need to have 620 miles of range they could make a vehicle that that only gets only or gets 400 miles of range and if they do that they would actually require a smaller battery that will cost them less to make so they started the high-end cost with the knowledge that because it's so efficient that you know they can still outperform the industry, but it will cost them less um, to to make the vehicle. Other automakers are gonna are gonna are gonna figure that out. Um, and a lot of times, I think it usually takes one or two companies to take a leap before everyone will follow suit. Um, simply put, when when one of the the largest, most prominent automakers in the world centers their top of the line concept vehicle around efficiency, that's a really big deal. And, and so don't be surprised in the next 12 to 18 months, you see other manufacturers debut vehicles with impressive range stats, and they'll be boasting about how, 
like, well, you know, we figured out, you know, with with ultralight steel, um, you know, that that we could reduce weight and we could actually improve the efficiency. Or actually, you know, we made it slightly more aerodynamic in, in X, Y, and Z fashion and combined with the lightweight. And so now, you know, the, the next round of the Nissan Leaf doesn't get 220 miles, it gets 350 miles, but it still costs the same. Um, and, and, and we can actually think we can make more per year because we need smaller batteries to make more efficient, more safe, more safe vehicles. I think this is, I, I think this, I think that's the road that we're on. And I'm, I'm incredibly excited to, to both see, um, you know, other, other vehicles like this come to market. So we'll start with the EQXX. We've already had the Lightyear One and Sono Motors. I'm excited to see what's next because, you know, the, the more, this is one of those, you know, rising tides, you know, lifts all boat situation where you, know, you saw it with electric vehicles in general, with Tesla, where once people understood what you were getting with electric vehicles and realized that they weren't just golf carts, uh, the pejorative that's often used for them, people started giving them a second look. And I think we're right on the cusp of that happening for a company like Aptera. And that concludes episode 43 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope that you found this episode interesting. And as always, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. You can also use my my referral link, which I include in the show notes, and, and feel free to send that to a friend as well. Uh, the Apt EVs podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. You can also send audio messages through the website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies. And in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 